Welcome to part two of the Anderson Observer News from People You Trust podcast as we kick off the new year looking back on 22 and ahead to 2023 in Anderson County. Uh, there is a lot going on this first week of the new year. County Council swears in a new councilman for District 3 tonight, Greg Elgin. That's at 6 p.m. and a meeting that follows that at 6.30 will determine how much ATAX funds will be distributed to various groups that was collected over this past year. Anderson County's accommodations tax grant funds were up more than 45% the physical year. That's about $956,746,000 collected from June 21 to May 22. And if Anderson County can just get a little more aggressive in that, we should add hospitality tax to that too. And we're hoping that'll be something that happens here in the new year. You can find a direct link to the funds requested at the Anderson Observer News from People You Trust uh, newspaper online. So just check that out, andersonobserver.com. And there will be more updates on this in the week ahead and tomorrow's podcast. But today, the three amigos, the mayors of the sister cities of Pelzer, West Pelzer, and Williamson, talk about the progress in each of their towns over the past year. And first up is my friend, West Pelzer Mayor Blake Sanders, who has continued to turn his town into the upstate's front porch with new businesses, recreation, and plans for making it a better town and a more walkable area in 2023. It's hard to believe 2022 is over. It is. But let's talk about some of the things that have gone on and some of the accomplishments here in West Pelzer over the past 12 months. Yeah, so in, in 2022, we called it our first year out of COVID. That's when all of our, all of our events were, were back to being scheduled. So we were blessed um, this year to have Westies Vintage Market in the spring. Um, we had a summer series on the fourth Friday um, of every month in, in June, July, and August where we had a band and a food truck. Um, this fall, we, we kept our pumpkin palooza. It was not a drive-through this year, so we were glad to see you know our 2,500 children back in town um, dressed getting candy. Um, and then we ended with uh, farm days, a Westies fall vintage market, um, and our annual uh, Christmas parade. Um, so also this year, we welcomed four new businesses. Uh, so for the first time, we shut down Main Street in, in West Belzer um, and had a ribbon cutting. And we cut the ribbon for um, 24 West, uh, which is a, a boutique and, and hair and nail salon, um, Baby Sumo, uh, which is a, a Japanese restaurant, uh, Cotton Duck, uh, which is our local uh, coffee roaster and sandwich shop, and then A1 Elegance, which is our gentleman's barber shop. So you can go there and get a, a gentleman's shave and a, and a haircut. We're blessed to be moving into 2023 with a vision and a plan. And we um, council tonight actually will see the unveiling of a master plan uh, for what the next 10 years could look like in West Pelzer. And y'all had meetings on that master plan and got input from the community and all this stuff. Tell people a little bit about the, how the master planning went. Yeah, so the, the process really was first meeting with stakeholders. And so we had um, pastors, long-term residents, um, residents that had just moved to town, elected officials, um, even met with DOT, the school district, Rewa, Greenville Water, to kind of get a, um, a, a big idea plan for maybe what their thoughts were for expansion um, or for growth in the area. 
Um, and then we had a public meeting, um, which was open to all residents and businesses of West Pelzer, but also those in the in uh, the unincorporated areas that visit West Pelzer to eat, dine, shop. Um, and so we were blessed to have about 300 um, stakeholders or public members that, that offered input. Um, and just some of those big ideas were to improve traffic conditions. And so we're going to be meeting with DOT again about having on-street parking for all of Main Street. Um, the other component was trail connections. Um, West Pelzer has about two and a half miles of sidewalks at any day of the week. Um, you'll see folks park at Chapman Park and then walk our sidewalks. They're all ADA accessible. Um, and it's one mile long from the fire department to um, Highway 20. So people can do their 5K runs pretty easy in town. Um, but it's time for us to start expanding that sidewalk network to our schools, um, also to other churches that are off of Main Street, and then ultimately trying to get to the Saluda River and the Big Creek Reservoir. So we've identified those two as our as our top natural resources that we need to make sure our community. Uh, and y'all got some property down the Saluda River now. We do, we do. So we have 10 acres at the Saluda River and we were blessed with the legislative delegation giving us a water rec grant for 25,000 in 2021. Um, we've sat on that waiting for this process to be finished um, so that we know how we can best use that property. We have three routes um, to have a trail uh, down to that property from downtown West Pelzer that we're going to be exploring, uh, but then also the development of, of that park. And so um, plans will call for picnic shelters and for there to be a kayak launch. And this actually, um, because of the way the wetlands and the floodplain work in that area, this may be the only park in Anderson County that is only accessible by water. Um, so we've had some crazy big idea conversations about what if the town of West Pelzer had a water taxi that took you to this park? Or what if we had an additional kayak launch and partnered with the town of Pelzer so that you could drop your boat or kayak in and kayak up to this, to this park? So we're going to continue to explore that, but the master plan does call that out as a, as a prime natural resource that we need to um, invest in. And what else is in the master plan? Yeah, so the master plan has guiding principles, and there are six guiding principles that that um, council is tasked with with implementation of, and those are strategic and intentional growth. So that's looking specifically at businesses um, that we know for market leakage would be beneficial in the area. So thinking about um, a bakery or a butcher shop or a wine and cheese shop, those are our specific market opportunities. Um, vibrant places to gather. Um, we have some we have some uh, amazing opportunities for our Western Gateway at Palmetto Road and the fire department. Um, and so looking at how do we incorporate some additional signage in there? How do we start our streetscape through that area? Um, also, so we, there's a couple of other vacant properties along Main Street and throughout the community um, that the town owns or has the potential to own that we want to start thinking about neighborhood parks and community parks. Um, and then one of the big ideas for vibrant places is that directly adjacent to Town Hall is Chapman Park. Um, and it has a parking lot that kind of bisects the Municipal Center in Chapman Park. Um, and so one of the big ideas is to remove that parking area and construct the public parking lot behind uh, the Municipal Center, which would expand Chapman Park, it allow us to build a larger playground, um, have more seating areas, more picnic pavilions directly on, on Main Street. <clears throat> We want to be uniquely West Pelzer, um, and so uniquely West Pelzer means that we need to start embracing uh, a large part of our history. Um, and so being that we were Frankville in 1913, um, our downtown business district will be called the Frankville Business District. And so we have um, an entire brand and, and um, image packet that we'll be unveiling to our local businesses so that they can use um, what's called a Franken um, back in the day when the, you, know, you stamp your envelopes with it. Uh, so we, we have Frankens for all the businesses that we're going to be giving out to them 
for the downtown business district. Um, generational health and sustainability is looking at our aging population. How do we retain those that are leaving Palmetto High School and, and going to, to Clemson or, or, or USC or Tri-County Tech or Greenville Tech? How do we make sure that, they were, that we're bringing those, those students um, back here when they graduate uh, for, for home? We're the front porch to the upstate, as I say in the master plan, um, and we want to be that bedroom community, the place where you lay your head and shop and dine, but then during the day perhaps you do go to Anderson or Greenville um, for work. We want to be safe, walkable, and connected. Um, and so part of that streetscape, street parking, but the other components are improving our crosswalks. Um, here in our Frankville Business District at Hindman Street um, and Main Street, we've talked about closing off Hindman Street, having a festival street, perhaps similar to what was done in Greer, uh, just on a much smaller scale where we have tables that are pulled out, we have the string lights, uh, our festival lights, um, and we have, perhaps that becomes where our band sets up at. So we want to make sure that our crosswalks are safe, uh, especially all along Main Street. And then finally, um, our core value of faith, family, and friends. And so we want to continue to have our, our, um, our annual events where our churches are involved, um, where our neighbors are involved, and where it becomes truthfully a, a community organized event uh, where all 1,200 people that live here know about it, are engaged, and the 45,000 people that live within a 10-minute drive know that West, West Pelzer is a destination. And what about housing starts this year? You got some new housing in coming up this year? Um, so we have about 50 homes that are permitted or um, under construction um, in town right now. They're all in one subdivision uh, called Palmetto Farms, uh, located next to the elementary school. Um, that's one of our unique opportunities that we, we um, have a lot inside of that subdivision that will be a neighborhood park that we will develop in 2023. Um, <clears throat> we also have on our, actually on our council agenda tonight, um, our first set of townhomes to be voted on. So we have a rezoning from single family um, to R6, which is multifamily or townhomes. And so that'll be about a 40 um, 40 townhome development. Uh, first in West Pelzer, we're excited about what that could look like and how it's positioned in the community um, and the additional six or seven hundred people um, that could be a part of that from constructing it to living in it to maintaining it. Um, just super excited about what something like that could bring. And a lot of people have trouble in their minds making that shift to townhomes, but particularly millennials and you look at Greenville and other places around, that's where people are buying. They don't want to take care of a yard. They, they're really looking for the townhome kind of situation, right? Yeah, they, they are. And, and one of the things that we do when we're looking at rezoning or annexations or the subdivision plats is we want to look at the surrounding area. And so our Palmetto Farms development um, has homes that face existing roads instead of a subdivision that is enclosed on itself so we continue that street feel. They're also all half-acre lots. And the reason that we required that from the developer is that that's what was in the surrounding area. So we didn't want to have a mass density of people uh, in that area. But you're right that, that townhomes or, or patio homes or smaller lots are becoming more of the norm. And that's why in that area it makes a lot of sense. There's, it's surrounded by multifamily or, or public or institutional property. Um, and so we can have a denser product over there. As a planner and landscape architect, I believe that, that cities should be the most dense places that there are. If you want to live in unincorporated Anderson County, then yes, you can have a seven acre farm and have much larger lots, but cities are intentional that they should be the most dense places so that we can uh, really keep up with what we've created. Um, without folks, without more people living here and there being a, a more denser population within that 10 or 15 minute drive time, then our businesses can't be successful. West Pelzer in the downtown Frankville Business District cannot support a tap room, you know, two salons and a, a nail salon, four restaurants, 
We can't support that without a dense population or more people becoming dense just outside of, of, of city limits. And what's on your, your agenda for the first quarter of 2023? So 2023 for, um, for West Pelzer, I think is gonna be extremely special. Implementation of the master plan is one, um, but we were strategic in reserving the majority of our ARPA funds and the majority of our funds from the sale of the sewer system to REWA. And so we're blessed with a little over half million dollars that we can start to implement um, our master plan with. So I expect to see a lot of intentional growth and strategic development um, out of that. Um, unfortunately, tonight will be our last um, meeting for Councilwoman Alexander. Um, she's moving out of town. Um, her family has, has been um, just a, 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 a pinnacle of West Pelzer for years with her father-in-law serving as mayor, um, her brother-in-law serving on, on town council years ago, um, and now Councilwoman Alexander serving. Uh, so first quarter of 2023, we're going to have an election uh, for, for a new council member, um, which we're super excited about. We love Pat and we, and, we, and we love what she was able to bring to the table, but knowing that we've grown by about 300 people since the last election, we're, we're curious who may, uh, who may come to the table who perhaps lived out of state or out of country. Um, do we have some new ideas and some, frankly, some fresh blood at the table? Uh, for 2023 as well um, is the mayoral election. And so sometime around the end of second quarter will be decision time for two council members and myself of uh, what does the future of West Pelzer look like for us as an elected official? And uh, are there people in, in waiting that want to be involved? Um, and if there are, we welcome them to come to the table as well. We're going to keep our, our same events um, with our annual Christmas parade and vintage markets and our, our first, our sorry, fourth Friday events in the, in the summer. Um, and we really hope to um, engage our community some more, perhaps have some new events. Annual yard sale will continue to be one of our, one of our uh, events that the most people come to. Um, but then how do we make, perhaps do some events a little differently? Do we have a Halloween parade or do we have maybe a little different Christmas parade next year? Um, those will be things that the Council on Events Committee will be looking at in the first quarter. Meanwhile, uh, another friend, uh, Williamson Mayor Rocky Burgess, sees the biggest gains for his town in 2022 is uh, a lot of big things happening over there. His biggest uh, announcement for the year was a new grandson, but uh, it's followed closely by the improvements to Williamson's Mineral Spring Parks, a lot of new infrastructure work, new housing, a lot of things going on in Williamson, a really fast-growing town here in the upstate, and here's what Rocky had to say about that. We had some challenges, but we also had a good many, many successes as well. Um, along with the COVID came some federal dollars that was extremely helpful, particularly with the ARPA funds and helping us make some uh, pretty massive improvements. We have not seen the results of those improvements yet, particularly with our infrastructure, water and sewer. Um, but those projects have been uh, either in the queue right now or have, have already been bid and lit and getting ready to start construction. So we've got several projects. Uh, with our ARPA money, number one, we bought the capacity, um, an additional uh, 300,000 gallons a day from the county for our water, wastewater treatment plant. So that sets us up for the next 40, 50 years um, without having to do any kind of major expansion uh, based on the numbers we're expecting in growth. And people, people that don't do what you do and don't think about yeah. it, tell them why that's such an important thing because people don't think about well, it. Well, our plant is fairly new. So it's a fairly new plant. Um, it's a good plant, it does, does a great job, but capacity, the more you grow, the more you have entering the plant. And so our plant is rated at a million gallons a day. We were using, um, at times, particularly during major rain events, we were using up 700,000, using our capacity that we had available. 
and uh, the county owned 300,000 gallons of capacity in our new plant um, that they had never had any use for. And so we were able to purchase that back. And to put it in perspective, we bought it for a dollar a gallon. So 300,000 gallons was uh, a day was $300,000 uh, we used of our ARPA funds uh, to purchase that from the county. To put that in perspective, had we add or built onto our plant, that would have been roughly $25 to $28 per gallon. So you're talking millions and millions of dollars that we just simply don't have to be able to uh, have that capacity uh, through Department of Health and Environmental Control to be able to treat and, and, and uh, plan for the growth that we're expecting over the next 40, 50 years. And there's been a lot of growth this year. There's been quite a bit of growth and there's still a whole lot more coming. I know Greg, you and I have talked about it over and over and over. And one of the frustrating things for me in government is the wheels of government turns very, very slow, certainly a lot slower than the private sector. However, all, all of our projects that we've talked about throughout the year are on task, on target, whether that be Ingalls, whether that be uh, Brock Lane development, Saratoga Oaks, Saratoga Villages, Mahaffey Road. And now we've got minor, uh, minor street project under construction now. That's a new housing development back behind the apartments there, Middleton and uh, uh, Minor Street. So I think that's 30, 40 homes going in there. Um, they're, they're currently installing infrastructure there in that new subdivision as we speak. So and some of the things are completed. You did some upgrades at the park. Remind people what happened at the park. Yes, yeah, so we've got, uh, we did several electrical upgrades in the park. Um, that's been completed. We've got a renovation, thankfully to uh, Hillcrest Baptist Church. If you look at our amphitheater, that's been completely uh, redone. Looks looks amazing. They did a phenomenal job. The only thing we had to pay for was materials, so we're super thankful to Hillcrest Baptist Church uh, and their Lazarus project for helping us get that one off the ground and up and going. Um, we've installed some pedestals out in the park to allow for food trucks to be able to come in, hook up, connect to it, uh, as well as Spring Water Festival. That was a huge uh, drawback for, for some of the vendors at Spring Water Festivals. They didn't have power a reliable power to be able to connect to. So we were able to remedy that. Um, obviously our pickleball courts, that was a big one. Um, we finished those up and I'm proud to say we've got lots and lots of activity out there. Our basketball court as well, man, that thing gets used all the time. So we've got several tournaments uh, will be our plan for 2020, 2023 uh, on the pickleball court. Most recently, we actually have the Special Olympics out of Anderson County that are reserving the courts and using those to practice. So we're excited about that, being able to see people uh, take advantage and use that area of the park that for since probably the mid 80s has been just not used at all. It's a big expansive area uh, of the park that uh, has gotten very little use. So it's good to see that uh, that use coming back. In walking distance, you've had the new dog park and some, yeah. and some plans for that land. <sighs> so with the help of Envision Williamston, we've installed a, uh, a dog park. Again, you can park in Mineral Spring Park. Um, we're back behind Town Hall and it's easy walking distance to get over there to the dog park. We've got some new benches that'll be going in there very soon. Um, so it's right along the creek bank behind the fire department. Please do not park in the fire department parking places, uh, by the way. They, they need those uh, for, for emergency responders that come in if they get a fire. They need a place to park their personal vehicles. Um, but uh, so great activity back there. We're expecting some benches to come in. We did sign a contractual agreement with a, uh, uh, a, a developer to develop the depot. We would still retain ownership of the depot, but they would maybe get free free lease uh, for a period of time uh, in exchange for their um, money that they put into that depot to preserve it, number one, um, and also to get some use out of that depot. It's a beautiful structure that we'd love to uh, uh, see preserved. And you know, if we don't do that, the town doesn't really have the money to go in and, and, and upfit that depot, and then you have to staff it um, if it's an event center or whatever it might be. Um, we just don't have the resources to do that. So uh, for years it's set in the same place. Um, 
and, and not, not any activity has happened with it. So hopefully we'll see some of that happen uh, in the very near future. I'm told in the next couple months, we should start seeing some activity on the depot. The old water treatment plant, we've also signed a uh, agreement with them, with the same developer, and they're gonna call that whole area right in there, Big Creek Station. And uh, we're very hopeful that we would have some things that will be, um, what's the word I'm looking for, that would be something like you would see downtown Greenville. The developers have made it very clear that they want something that will be a, a, a um, something that would attract people from outside, something unique to Williamston. And I think that's one of the things we're lacking. You know, we have Mineral Spring Park, which is obviously unique to Williamston. If, you, if you're from Williamston, you live here all your life, you kind of take it for granted. Um, Mineral Spring Park, but I'm telling you, that is a huge, huge asset that, that most municipalities would kill for to be able to have Big Creek running right through the middle of town and, and the amenities that we have and we're able to offer our community and those that visit our community. So uh, we're expecting to see that, that come to fruition here in 2023. Big Creek Station be something unique that maybe if you lived in Simpsonville or Fountain Inn or Greenville, you would wake up on Saturday morning, tell the wife and kids, hey, let's go hang out in Williamson for the day. Um, that's what we're looking for, and I think that's what this developer, um, we're in the early stages of, we've got a, a notice of intent, um, a memorandum of understanding, so that um, they're doing their due diligence on that, that now. We've already completed EPA phase one, and uh, that came back very positive, so we're expecting to see some activity there in 2023. And as part of a lot of this too, where are we at on the trails that are planned? All right, so our trails, our phase two of uh, Mineral Spring Greenway, will actually take place um, in 2023. We've got grant funding for this, a 50-50 match. Um, it's gonna be about $300,000 of town money, $300,000 of ARC money. Um, they are currently bidding that project as we speak. Um, that will go from Veterans Park and continue all the way out, almost out to William, uh, excuse me, Mill Street, uh, back behind the Brock Lane development along the creek bank there. And it's, again, it's some beautiful, beautiful scenery back there. So that'll give us almost a mile of, of, of uh, greenway, which I believe is 12 foot wide uh, concrete. So it's, it's, a, it's a fairly expansive uh, greenway. It, it will be to the point where you could get up, if you lived in Brock Lane or Gatewood or Mill Street or somewhere like there, William Street, you could literally get up, go uh, get on the trail, walk to hopefully in the next two years, an Engel store, um, and some of the other amenities, Big Creek Station. Imagine being able to go out and hang out for the day, um, have a beer, walk your dog, do whatever, you know, whatever. It's a, a chance to be able to spend the day in Williamston without having to get out and drive. And it, the year also brought the return of all, like we touched on with the park, all of the major festivals and events. Let's talk about how successful that was this year. So all of our events have been heavily attended. Um, we're still expecting to see even more attendance. We expect to see that grow. Um, some of our folks that have worked on these committees for years, um, uh, we get start to see fresh blood. We're starting to see those folks with new ideas. So I would expect that you're going to start to see Spring Water Festival and some of the other festivals change it up a little bit. Um, even Pig in the Park uh, that the Masonic Lodge puts on, I would expect in 2023 to actually see some additional things along with Pig in the Park going on at the same time in the park. I've been to the Spring Water Festival for a number of years. That and the the festival in October looked to be the biggest crowds I've ever seen. I mean, people lined up everywhere. Yeah, yeah. We're the um, balloon festival that they have through the Anderson Cancer Society has been a huge hit as well. Um, we're expecting to see that grow, continue to grow too. The more people become aware of what we have going on, and again. Williamston is in such a place, a lot of people don't realize the amenities that we do offer and what a unique town that, that we really are. 
And so I'm expecting people to start, once they, once they continue to see that, they'll start to come back and, and visit and uh, spend their money here is what we're hopeful. And one thing you did this year was you put all of your Christmas holiday events on one day. How did, how did, tell people about that and remind people how, how that went. So this year, what a lot of people don't understand, particularly with the parade, there's a lot of moving parts in creating a parade. Number one, it happens on a DOT highway, so you've got to have their approval to shut the highway down. You've got to coordinate with the churches. You've got to coordinate with the schools, with the bands, with ROTC. There's a whole lot of coordinating that goes on with uh, a parade. At the same time, we had Envision Williams was doing their uh, annual lighting uh, ceremony, which I think you were here. It was a huge hit. Um, we had, I think, four carriages going at the same time for carriage rides. We had hay rides. We had snow. We had the lighting of the tree. And uh, all the local pastors were actually reading the uh, nativity story. So a lot of things were happening. For me, I will tell you, it was a, it was kind of a, a pull your hair out kind of moment because it rained up until noon. And so we literally had from noon till three o'clock to to get parade, get in the parade, and then jump from this thing to that thing. I think it was a huge hit, uh, a lot more. I expected uh, there not to the attendance to be lower, um, simply because it was all on the same day, and it was in November, at the end of November, last week in November. But I was pleasantly surprised. There was a good turnout for it, and uh, it actually worked out very well because every other weekend we've had, as you know, December has been a very, very wet month. Every other parade has been. Uh, either rained out or they had rain during the parade. So um, the good Lord was good to us and we had it uh, the last weekend in November and it worked out very, very well for us. Both events were attended uh, very heavily, the parade and the lighting. No other town in the county puts out for Christmas like y'all did. Who's behind no. all the town hall decorations and the... So there's a, there's people think, I, I guess, that it's just me and town employees, but there is a whole lot of people that, that uh, put a lot of effort into making uh, Christmas special in Williamston, whether it's here at Town Hall, we've got two ladies that, that work very hard on it, Sheila and uh, Debbie Chapman work hard in coordinating. But a lot of these trees right here, if you go through the deck, the halls uh, here in, uh, at Town Hall, you will see that most of those are put up by individuals in memory of someone or in honor of someone or a business that helps promote their business. And the exact same thing happens in Mineral Spring Park with the displays that are there. The town puts up the major large displays and then uh, business groups, whether it be members of the business association or um, just local business that want to get their name out there, they're able to put up a display as well uh, in coordination with the town. We determine where, where the location they can set up at. Um, and it becomes a good opportunity that, to, to advertise for in front of thousands of people that come through Mineral Spring Park um, in the November through the first week of January when it's, when it's lit up. So it's a great opportunity for them. It's a great opportunity for us. Again, uh, Mineral Spring Park brings in more people um, um, than, than you could possibly imagine, especially through Christmas time. So those people go, you know, uh, eat at our restaurants, they go uh, fuel up their vehicles at our convenience stores, they spend time and they spend their money here in Williamston. So that's important to us. And for people who haven't been over here, do you have any idea how many trees are in this town hall building? Debbie would probably be able to tell you, but it is a lot. It, it, I think it gets bigger every year. We're at a point now where I don't know if we had another, had people that wanted to put up trees, I don't know where they'd put them. Um, but it's absolutely gorgeous. It is a magical place to work, as you can tell just here behind me. Um, this office, the all of Town Hall is just absolutely magical this time of year. We look forward to it every single year. Maybe the most important thing we for this year was your new strategic plan. Well, remind people what's, how, when you all announced that and what's going on. Yep, so our planning commission, along with um, uh, the Appalachian Council of Governments, Chip Bentley and his organization came through. And uh, we have to do that every 10 years. We update our comprehensive plan. So that was updated this year. 
Uh, it shows a lot of good growth. They're anticipating the growth um, that's coming our way and they're planning for it. Now our planning commission is tasked with not only doing that, but also continuing to evaluate our zoning and make sure that uh, we're zoned appropriately and we know what that growth looks like um, as it happens. And, and again, we, the previous administration, uh, I'll give kudos where, where kudos are due, he planned very, very well for growth. So when the growth came this way, the only thing we have to do is make minor adjustments to, uh, to make sure that it's suited with our, our community and our needs of the community. Any, any particulars on that y'all want to remind people of? There, there wasn't any drastic changes. Again, our, our comprehensive plan was a very good plan from, from the onset. And, and I, again, I credit our previous administration for, for making sure that uh, we had our ducks in a row when it came time for the growth. Um, so we had minor little changes here and there. One of the uh, few changes that was made that I think is most impactful is we've now uh, pretty much banned any multifamily uh, uh, dwellings. So, We've got enough apartment complexes here in Williamston. Um, we've got enough duplexes here in Williamston. Now we're wanting people to, to move here, have a vested interest in the town. So when you're a homeowner or you buy a home in Williamston, you have a vested interest in the town and uh, versus you know apartment complex. Nothing wrong with apartment complexes. We just have our, we've already got our share of apartment complexes. Typically those folks don't have a vested interest in the town. There's exceptions to every rule, but a lot of times people are here for uh, you know, a year or two just living in an apartment and they're not planning to stay here, make their homes here. You also had some news coming in right here at the end of the year. You've got a new police chief and you were telling me a couple other things. What's, what's new here right here at the end of the year? Yeah, so here at the end of the year, a couple of things have happened. You've got uh, Chief Marcy. Thankfully, he has accepted the position of police chief here in Williamston. Uh, chief Taylor went ahead and retired, I think, in Ju June or July. Um, he did an outstanding job for us, but we were kind of in the in limbo. We were trying to figure out what would be the best fit and rather than actually posting that position I had conversation with several stakeholders in the community along with our council and as well as with Chief Marcy um, and he agreed to accept that position and why is that a big deal? Um, Chief Marcy has been around law enforcement for many 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 years um, highly regarded in the law enforcement community he could be police chief uh, probably in any major city he wanted to be in he's that uh, that talented and that experienced um, but I guess with me twisting his arm he did accept the position here in Williamston. We're grateful that he has. We're starting to rebuild our department. We're getting folks that are qualified, um, that are that are looking to make a career here in Williamston, and that's important. Turnover um, at a police department can, can absolutely kill a budget. You know, if we we bring people in, send them to the academy and stuff, you're looking at 10,000 bucks right off the bat just to get them, and if they don't stay here, you're just out that money. Um, so it's important that we be able to hire and retain and keep um, qualified officers and, and good officers and, and we, we, I think we've done a very very good job of doing that. Uh, Marcy certainly uh, helped to, to uh, keep our agency in such a uh, such a status that people want to come here because they know they have qualified good leadership um, that knows what they're doing. Uh, so we got a grant for a fully funded SRO at Palmetto Elementary School um, so that grant came through so now instead of the district having to pay for an SRO at, at Palmetto Elementary um, that's funded completely by the state, so that's a big deal, uh, especially for the school district. We've also, uh, Chief Marcy has written two grants, or a grant, that will fully fund two officers for three years. Um, so that's going to be helpful with our budget too. We were, uh, you know, we started out our budget year, we we're looking at about a $180,000 deficit. And again, our police department's a large portion of our overall budget in the town. Um, so we were at a point of being able to have to cut positions or at least not fill positions that we had open. Um, with this grant, we were able to uh, keep and retain uh, some of those officers in addition to 
to that. We've, our fleet of vehicles, we've got a lot of older vehicles. This comes with brand, two brand new patrol cars, all the upfit, whether it be a patrol rifle, shotgun, the, the vehicle, the vest, everything that the officer needs is fully funded for three years. So uh, that's, a, that's a huge deal for us too. Looking ahead to 2023, what have you and council identified as some of y'all's main? Um... So a couple, couple of our major things that, that we're, obviously we're continuing to improve infrastructure um, with those ARPA funds. Um, we've got two major projects that are currently um, out for construction. One of them's out for construction, the other one's out for bid. Uh, one of them's the Mill Village Waterline Replacement. That's like a, a $1.5 million project. And then we also have the uh, sewer project that will go from the fire department all the way out to the sewer wastewater treatment plant, which covers about a third of the entire town, flows down uh, to the park, um, and follows the creek all the way out to the sewer plant. So that'll be replaced um, in 2023 throughout 2024. That project's been bid and it has been, uh, matter of fact, I just signed the letter of a notice of intent to award that project to Cove Utilities. So a lot of good stuff going on throughout uh, throughout Williamson with infrastructure. Second thing we're focusing on this year, uh, 2023, I think you're gonna see is some improvements to Brookdale Park um, as well this year. Last year, we focused a lot on Mineral Spring Park. This year, we're gonna do some focus uh, work on Brookdale Park. Uh, we're expecting to have uh, basketball courts to be resealed and restriped. Two new goals going in there. We replaced two this year, but we're replacing the two new goals um, um, in 2023 as well and making some improvements out there. Any new businesses on the horizon? Uh, obviously we've got Bojangles will be opening up. Looks like they're gonna be opening up pretty soon. And uh, we're still expect Ingles is still on target. I've been told to open up in two years. Um, they, they told me before the end of my term. So my term ends in 2024, January, 2024. So uh, it'll be exciting to see that project break ground and start fruition. I expect that'll happen in 2023 in order for that, because it takes about two years to build a uh, store from start to start to finish. So um, that's that, important. Yeah, that, I think that's going to be huge. You know, if you ask uh, an average Williamston resident, we've been without a grocery store for 20 some odd years. What is the number one thing that you would like to have in Williamston? It is a grocery store, hands down. Um, and not only are we getting a grocery store, um, this will also include the Starbucks. Um, it includes all the amenities that you would see in the larger angles. As a matter of fact, um, they just came back to us looking for some additional space. Uh, I'm being told this will be the largest Ingalls in the entire Ingalls, um, uh, not franchise, but entire Ingalls Corporation. Um, so it takes them about two years to build a store. We're excited to see that one get off the ground. Um, I think it's important. Anytime a grocery store kind of serves as an anchor in the community, you're going to start seeing other businesses follow, uh, follow suit shortly thereafter. Ingalls breaks ground. You got Ace opened up. So you got the new Ace store on Hamlin Street. They're doing a great business over there. Jim's got his car museum over there that uh, we had a chance to see that open up several times throughout the year for the public to come and see his collection. Um, so a lot of good things happen in Williamson, a lot of fun. And in Pelcher, the improvements in 2022 were visible throughout the town, um, from including Monkey Park and progress on the new community center and some other very visible things and some other things that aren't so easy to see. And my old friend, Mayor Will Raglan, talks about his town and the challenges of revenue funding, which is hampered by the state law for towns like his. And I also ask him very specifically about Milltown players and their role as ambassador to the town of Pelzer. 2022, we were just talking as a culmination of a lot of small things that turned into kind of big things for, for Pelzer. I know uh, some of the most visible things are y'all did some a lot of work on the community center and Monkey Park. And well, let's just talk a little bit about that, for what happened this year. 
Sure. Well, um, you know, we come to the end of the year. It's always a time to reflect uh, on what has been accomplished. But for me, it's more exciting to think about what is coming. But this past year, we saw a variety of projects started and also uh, completed. Um, yes, we are uh, working on our community building. And that has finally started, that process. I'm very excited about that. It is uh, a process that I have never experienced before. We are pursuing historic tax credits. So if you're familiar with Pelzer, uh, the Pelzer Heritage Commission did us a, a real good favor by creating an historic district several years ago. And uh, that district extends to the Monkey Park. Fortunately, because it's there, we will need to expand that area to cover the Wilson Cemetery in the Monkey Park, and then right beside that is the community building because the structure needs to be part of the National Register of Historic Places. And if you have a building within a historic district, then it automatically is a part of that registry. So that is uh, something that we learned. We also voted to hire Kyle Campbell of Preservation South to be our consultant and apply for those historic tax credits. He is uh, kind of the go-to guy when it comes to historic preservation in the upstate. He has won multiple awards and worked on some pretty significant projects in this area, in the county and elsewhere. And um, so we're excited to have him. We are taking off all of the vinyl siding that was put on the community building around 1991. And that's the first step. We cannot apply for the historic tax credits until we get rid of all the, the outside vinyl and expose as much of the original building as we can. So that process has started. And it's so good to finally see something happening with the community building. That can be an important building for this community, right? I mean, once that building, that building is Pelzer, you know? What makes Pelzer unique from other towns in the upstate, I would say, is uh, one thing, is that we do have a history and evidence of a thriving history. And we want to capitalize on that. We want to save and preserve what's left of our historic buildings. Pelzer has lost so much over the years and, and so many beautiful buildings were torn down. So I see it as our job as a small town government to do all we can to save these buildings, especially the ones that we own, obviously. So um, yes, it, it's gonna be something special. And it's really important for us to finish this job to the end and do a perfect job to prove to the folks who live here that um, they can trust us when we start talking about ideas and visions because, you know, folks here in Pelzer have been promised a lot in the past by various people and, and organizations and much of it has, has never come true. And so they uh, are hesitant to get excited about new ideas and promises and plans and, and pictures. But um, I think that once we see this through to the end and uh, make this something special that we can all be proud of, then I think that's gonna be a, a great kickstart 
to what we've been calling the Pelzer Comeback. Well, talking about special and old buildings that, that were saved and are being used, we haven't talked a lot about it, but we're sitting here in one of those buildings right now. Uh, let, let's talk a bit about how this building was given new life and about the Milltown players, because honestly, a, a lot of people that I know, particularly people who have not lived in Anderson a long time or don't know this part of the county, they, what they know about Pelzer is Milltown players. Yes, sir. So tell people how this kind of came to be over the years, because I know this year, we'll talk about this year too, but uh, this building is a, has been a real important part of the rebirth of Pelzer and the, the, like you're talking about kicking off new stuff. Well, I appreciate you saying that because we have worked really hard to build this community theater up to where it is today. And uh, a lot of folks do come to this theater to begin with because it is an historic structure built over a hundred years ago and has a, as you can see, a balcony and lots of seats. And so there's a, a quaint charm to this structure and which goes along with the town. There's an appeal to that. But, you know, I have taken all of my experience and contacts and resources and piled it into this idea of Milltown players. And I thought it would work, but I didn't realize how quickly and how big of a thing it would be uh, over the years. I never expected it. And it really, <laughs> I don't even know how it happened, to be honest, Greg. You know, I was teaching at Woodmont High School and we were doing some great things over there and I thought, I would love to start a community theater with a unique mission that uh, would produce high quality performances at an affordable cost. Now, that is almost impossible to do because it is so expensive to put on a show. Um, I was doing some number crunching yesterday and, and uh, we spent on average for a production here in Pelzer $28,000 to put on a show. People don't realize that. That's what it costs to put on a show, $28,000. And our ticket prices are still the cheapest in the area, and I'm really proud of that. I, I want it to be the cheapest in the area and with the highest quality that we can create. And so uh, I just stumbled upon this opportunity where, um, you know, I grew up in this, this area, and Anderson One went to all the Wren schools, and. Some of my former teachers at Wren uh, kind of made their way up to the district office, <laughs> so to speak, and, and they called me and said, hey, we hear you're wanting to start a, a group, and we have this beautiful old auditorium that nobody's using, and we'd love to see something happen there for this community. And um, from what I understand, I had not moved here then, but when they closed Pelzer Elementary and consolidated with West Pelzer Elementary for financial reasons around the, um, what they called the Great Recession, around 08, something like that, uh, this building went vacant because as you know, this was Pelzer Elementary's auditorium before we came in. And there was nothing happening here. Um, the school district even offered to give this building to the town 
if you could even imagine. And at that time, the town um, said that they, they didn't want it because they didn't have a use for it, didn't want to maintain it, didn't want to run an entertainment complex. And as you can see today, every town in the upstate either has one or has plans to get one, either a, a, a city-owned venue or an amphitheater. But um, so we really lucked out and they said, we'll give you the same deal as we give the adult education next door. So we have a great deal on this space, um, which enabled us to charge such affordable prices. And we started out with um, $10 tickets, with $8 for seniors and $7 for students. And we kept that for the first four years and then raised our prices by two bucks. And uh, we now charge $12 and $10 for seniors, military, and students. And uh, we've, we've tried to hang on as long as we could to those prices, and it's been tough. You know, surviving the pandemic was, um, almost didn't happen. Folks don't realize that theaters were the first to shut down and the last to reopen. And so for 16 months, we had no income. And if it wasn't for those government grants, we would we'd be done, we'd be over. So um, post-pandemic world is different, very different. We've been struggling to build back the audiences we enjoyed and didn't fully appreciate <laughs> before the pandemic. And uh, it's been a struggle to get there again and to keep our prices so low, but we did add a, a higher processing fee because we are paying so many people just to do business. You know, you have to pay a company to process the tickets and then a middle person to pass them on to the credit card people. And you know, it, we don't even get to keep the $12. And so we're doing all we can to keep those prices low. But um, like I said, the post pandemic era is very different. Uh, the audiences have been smaller, but the people who have come have absolutely loved it. There's no shortage in quality. In fact, we try to increase the quality across the board and challenge ourselves all the time. How could that have been better? How can this be uh, even better next time? We're always asking ourselves that, and I think that people come to appreciate that. And so this month has been very good to us. I was going to say you said smaller crowds until December, and now the crowds were... Until December. Well, I'll tell you what, Greg. Um, like I said before, there's so many other municipalities who want Milltown players in their town or some other group like that. And uh, if I may go off on a little bit of a tangent, because I am deeply involved with the entire upstate theater scene, we're seeing groups and uh, new venues form. I mean, you, you've all heard about, uh, in recent history, the success of the um, Walhalla Auditorium, the Malden Cultural Center, uh, Abbeville Opera House, they've done some work down there. And it's exciting to see these things happen. Um, people who come to this area in the upstate are just astounded by the quantity of theater options, live local uh, performances, not even including music, but, but 
plays and musicals. They're just astounded by it. And we're, we're special in that way that for Greenville, Anderson, the surrounding areas, for a place our size, nobody has this kind of infusion of theatrical um, happening. So we're, we're thankful for that. But what do you do when you survive a pandemic as a small, affordable community theater? Well, first of all, you, you, you thank the Lord. Secondly, what you don't do is expand, <laughs> which is exactly what we did. We expanded to Simpsonville this past summer, and they uh, renovated their old school, elementary school, uh, which was originally built in 1939 for Simpsonville High School. So uh, again, another old uh, Milltown High School Auditorium, and they said, we want you to be our resident theater company. And I had tried to do this before, and it didn't quite work out. We tried in the past um, to expand first to Fountain Inn. That fell through. We tried to expand to Easley. That fell through. And so I was a little wary about Simpsonville at first. I thought, when's this hammer going to drop? You know, is this actually going to happen? Because uh, this was my last chance. I was like, listen, if this doesn't work, that's three strikes for me. I'm not going to ever expand again or try to. But um, it, it was a real struggle at first to open a second, basically two theater companies at once. I mean, the doubling our output and having to hire full-time folks, um, just taking it to the next level. And we chose some shows that weren't quite as mainstream as maybe we should have to get things started. And so the uh, attendance there was tough at first. We were losing a lot of money. And then a Christmas miracle, two Christmas miracles. Jingle Bell Rock here in Pelzer. Oh my goodness. What a great show. And what a great story because this, this show was supposed to happen last year, but we had to cancel it because of a COVID outbreak in the cast. We canceled it a day before uh, opening night. It was so sad, but we packed it all away and brought it right back out again. And uh, the new um, larger cast and band and golly, it was so good. And people just loved it and they came from all over. I, I mean, you know, to be living across the street here in our, our, uh, our town and walking over here and seeing a busload of people who arrived an hour early and from Gaffney, you know, like you have to kind of check yourself and think, is this really happening? And it is, people come to Pelzer from all over, from outside the state, like on a regular basis in the Hendersonville area, North Carolina, and then Hartwell, Georgia, Rock Hill and all over the upstate. And it just amazes me that, and they come in busloads. And so um, the Christmas show was good to us. Jingle Bell Rock here in Pelzer and then Simpsonville had a sold out run of the best Christmas pageant ever. Sold out every single, every single night. Could not believe it. So uh, this month in December, we, we uh, played to over 7,400 people in one month, which uh, has got to be some kind of a record for a South Carolina community theater. But uh, I was doing some 
some number crunching last night and, and uh, I made a post today because I just had to share it, you know. Even though it's been tough for us to get back to where we were this year in, in 2022, over 30,000 people saw Middletown Players show, which to put that in perspective is greater than, than the population of Anderson. And that is hard to believe that a simple idea, a good idea with a good plan of uh, high quality shows, affordable prices, and lots of seats in a great little town like Pelzer is a formula for success even when facing the greatest of challenges. So I am very proud of what we've done. I've never worked this hard in my life, but I'm most excited about the future and where we take it because we're never going to sit still. We're never going to tread water. We're going to keep on climbing to see how far we can go because, like I always say, the sky is the limit. So well, You've received regional and national awards for the work y'all done here, too. We have. Uh, we have won our state, won that competition three times. And we won the regional competition once, and we got to travel to the national competition for community theaters in 2019. And we were the, um, we are one of two South Carolina theaters to have ever done that. And the last one was um, about 35 years prior. So um, it was a milestone for all of us to take our production, our little old production from Pelzer, all the way to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. We were one of two teams from the southeast. And to see our little, uh, our name up on the big screen, it said Milltown Players, Pelzer, South Carolina. I, I thought, is this real life? Is this happening? Are we here on the national stage? And, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. <laughs> you know, we've got a, a Goodwill that opened up here in Pelzer a couple years ago, and I spoke to the uh, leadership of, of, of Goodwill in the upstate and told them this story. So we were doing Romeo and Juliet, right? A unique, uh, high-concept production where we set it in the 1800s in Appalachia as if the Capulets and Montagues were actually the Hatfields and the McCoys. I'd always wanted to try this because, you know, they say that the Appalachian dialect is the closest thing that exists today to the real Shakespearean actors of the time. <laughs> Excuse me. So I wanted to try that out to see how that language would blend with the Appalachian dialects of our ancestors and some of the words fit pretty well, like uh, yonder. <laughs> but anyway, we were uh, getting close to our dress rehearsal week, and I had a costumer, very talented, but she didn't quite understand that we had deadlines, right? So I, I looked at what we had. It was dress rehearsal week. I think it might have been even a, um, a Monday, and we opened that, that Friday. And we didn't have costumes. And so I went 
and took two days and drove all over the upstate. I had every goodwill, and I was buying stuff. I didn't even have measurements. I was like, yeah, that looks good. Give me that vest. Give me that pair of pants, that shirt, that coat, you know, mostly for the men. And I just bought a bunch of stuff, and I brought it back, and I, I'll never forget this. I said, all right, line up. Come here. Had a friend of mine, you know, who's a costumer. I said, all right, put this on, put this on, put this on. I said, you like the way this looks? Yes. Okay, great. That's your costume. Next. <laughs> so we costumed the thing, you know, with thrift, thrift store clothes. And we tattered them up and painted them to look like they were, you know, dirty and, and worn, like from the 1800s and whatnot. But the best part is we throw this thing together. Nobody knows what you go through when you put on a show. We won best costumes at the national competition. <laughs> I could not believe it. I thought, y'all don't know the story and I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> so it just goes to show that, you know, you can do anything if you set your mind to it and you're motivated and you got the creativity. Uh, I've always said that talent does not know a zip code. And even if you have limited resources, you can throw something together and uh, be recognized at the national level. <laughs> and that, that's why I wanted to talk so much about, because we haven't spent a lot of time talking about Milltown players. And as mayor, it really is a strong identity for this community. I mean, it, it gives you something to talk about too when you're talking to other mayors. One of the things that, like you said, other communities won't, particularly in our, even Anderson doesn't have an auditorium like this. Right. I mean, you know, the city of Anderson, as big as it is, they, somebody tore down all the auditoriums That's over right. the years. That's right. And so you have a very, as mayor, this is a, a very uh, strong identifier in a way to promote the town. You know, Greg, this is really a gem for us, and I promote it as the historic Pelzer Auditorium. I don't promote it as Milltown Players. We are the, the theater company that exists within this building. This building is, doesn't belong to us. It doesn't belong to any one group. You know, it was built by the mill for the people. And so that's how I like to see it. You know, I don't see this as my property. I see it as, as the town's. Um, because it was for so long and it, and it should continue to be that way. But it really is a gem for us. Um, and a lot of other people are capitalizing on the traffic, on the tourism that comes here because they will go to nearby restaurants that are appealing to them and spend their money there, uh, such as the Saluda River Grill in Piedmont. The manager told me, he said, we have your schedule and we put more people on the shift for those days because we know it's a show night because we know when everybody's gonna show up and they all leave about the same time because they gotta go catch the show in Pelzer. And- um, Do you have a new bed and breakfast open too here? We hope to, that that's going to happen. Uh, that's, we haven't seen any progress on that, but- Proposed, I guess. Proposed, right? There is a- uh, a couple of Airbnbs, one's gonna open right down the street here and one is already in the works in West Pelzer, so that's gonna be good. And I'm gonna also share that information because 
It's hard to believe, but, but last year we had over 500 people travel here from over 50 miles away, which is uh, unheard of. So if they have a place to stay and a really good place to eat, that's going to make that experience even better. So, you know, I just, I love it. I'm very proud of Milltown players. I hope that everybody in Pelzer is too. I, I am a, a huge cheerleader for this town. I know the potential that it has. I know it's, it's grand history. Our location is really important to us because I learned that very quickly that when I saw that most of our patrons here in Pelzer came from largely four places, Greenville, Anderson, Easley, and Simpsonville, which is along that 30-minute radius from where we are. Pelzer is about you know 30 minutes from anywhere you really want to be. And it's also sitting here on Highway 8, which if you go that way, it becomes 418 to Fountain Inn and 385. If you go this way, it connects to 85. So this is a cut through for a lot of people. We see a lot of traffic. And so um, Milltown Players has become synonymous with Pelzer over the past eight years. And, and wherever I go, uh, when we say Pelzer, they say, oh yeah, I see plays there. And that makes me, of course, very proud. But as mayor, it's also gonna be my job to add to that association of not just coming to see my shows, but having other things that people say when they, when they say, oh, Pelzer, oh yeah, that's where blank. What else can we add to that statement besides just excellent entertainment at affordable prices? Well, you know, we got a lot of things in the works, a lot of things that we're dreaming of and wanting to plan. You know, I'm naturally an impatient person, and I, I, I can't stand moving so slowly. But that's just the way it is in uh, government, and I'm trying to uh, pick up the pace on some things that I want to see done. I'm very excited for 2023, and I look forward to meeting with my council and involving the community and setting forth some real goals with some benchmark deadlines because, you know, a month flies by like you wouldn't believe, and you think, oh, gosh, you know, have we done enough this month? And, of course, the answer for me is always no. You can never do enough. But uh, to come back to what you were saying, um, Ran into my good buddy Rocky Burgess, mayor of Williamston, last night, and he was saying how he was at the uh, part of the he's part of the Appalachian Council of Governments, and he was up there in um, Simpsonville. Uh, the mayor and the city manager was bragging all about Milltown players and the new Simpsonville Arts Center. And Rocky said, "Yeah, I know that guy." <laughs> so uh, you know. We're talking about the, fir the first part, and, and, and you know we've talked about highly visible, entertaining things. Sometimes. The grinding wheels of government are not highly visible and are not nearly as entertaining. And I know one of the things you're talking about is the water and infrastructure. Let's talk a little bit about that. Sure thing. Well, Greg, I'll tell you, the thing that Pelzer residents have always complained about first in the past has been the price of the water bill. You know, our water bills are too high. What can you do about that? It's always the first question they ask whenever we were asked about what our plans were. You know, how do you lower my water bill? There's a lot of people in Pelzer who live on a fixed income 
And that is something that affects them uh, every day, every month. And so in doing our research and figuring out how do we do this and how do we improve services, we did one big thing was we sold our sewer system to Rewa, which immediately dropped the, uh, the cost of the bills. Haven't heard many complaints in a long time, which is great. Now that is kind of a, a, a win-lose situation when you're selling your systems because as many people already know, Pelzer does not have property taxes as a municipality. We are not allowed to because of Act 388, which is a law passed in Columbia many years ago that was changing the way public schools are funded, but in the wording, it basically said that if you don't have taxes, you're not going to be able to levy them ever uh, because any percentage of zero is going to be zero. So. Pelzer and Star are the two municipalities that fall under that category. We don't have taxes. Everybody else does, okay? So the water bill, the rates were set uh, long before I, I came to town. And they were set in a way that uh, there was enough funding to fund operations for the town. Uh, we've never had a police force in recent history, a, an official town police force, we don't have a municipal court, uh, I've never had business licenses, which is going to change this year. So Pelzer, because it was under the leadership of the mill and, the, and whoever uh, operated the mill at the time, we, th there was a lot of reliance on our own government. And as you know, uh, the, the town was incorporated in 1952 and was only like four streets for the longest time until we did the mass annexation in 2015 through referendum where we went from like 90 people to 1,300 overnight with a vote, okay? So um, we're coming up on a very important time which is how do we move forward and improve our infrastructure and systems and also pay for it? So the big question that we're going to have to make a decision on in the first part of 2023 is this. Will the town of Pelzer sell our water system to Greenville Water? That's the big question. We have been talking with Greenville Water for a long time. They have proposed a contract for sale. And what does this mean? Okay, well, I'll tell you. It means that Greenville Water would own and operate everything having to do with our water. What is good about that? Well, here's the thing. Our lines are 75 years old. They are old and corroded. And like many towns, we experienced a lot of leaks this past Christmas weekend. We have had all sorts of trouble with our water tower in the past, not operating the way it should. And the water lines are antiquated. And we have so many fire hydrants, most of which 
were installed in the 40s and the 50s. We cannot afford to pay for the upgrade of our system. $6.9 million would bring Pelzer's water system up to standard, of today's standards. And we don't have that money, we never will. And so we could try and piece together some grants and throw that, the burden of that cost on the residents again, who already were paying for our upgraded sewer system, raising the water bills again. We just can't do all that. We can't do it. And we only have two employees uh, that are our maintenance department, two people, that's it. And they have to come out, uh, they're on call all the time. They were out here with me Christmas Eve night dealing with water issues. And uh, Greenville Water has all the resources and equipment and personnel to handle everything. And they are applying for a big $10 million ARPA grant, which I'm pretty sure they're going to get, to not only upgrade our system, but also to uh, expand it and connect it with the area around us. We're very glad to be on Greenville Water. But uh, other things they're gonna do is to, to create what they call redundancy. So if a section needs to be shut down, you're not affecting most of the town. You know, they've, they've got another source where that water can come from while they're fixing a problem. So I think it's a good idea I think that we will have improved services. We will not have to spend a dime of the residents' money to do it. We can be free of the maintenance costs of our water system and focus on the other projects that we always wish we could get to, quality of life concerns. So for the residents, it's a huge win. That paired with the sale of the sewer system, will bring down everybody's bills on average about 30%. I mean, that's a significant amount. And uh, so that's our answer. Like, how do you lower my water bill? Well, we, we're gonna do it, we're doing it, finally. 30%, a third almost, you know. Some will have more than others. So we're excited for that. Um, better services, better system, less money, being spent by the residents. But then the next question is, where does the town's revenue come from, right? If we've just done away with all the income we had from, from our sewer and water systems, how do we pay for things? That's the big question. Now, I've learned a lot in my short time on uh, council, and we are uh, funded by a variety of sources. But the big things we are gonna be looking at Next month, we're going to start business licenses for the town that will create some, some revenue. Not a lot. They're not going to be expensive. But um, we're playing catch-up to our uh, sister cities, West Pelzer and Williamston. They've had all these things in place for decades. We've never had it. So we're going to be doing that. Uh, we're meeting with uh, the Municipal Association to give us some advice on funding sources, there might be a way around Act 388, I hope so, because, you know, the General Assembly will not change that, that law. They won't amend it. 
uh, our representatives bring it up every year to say, hey, help us out. We need to be able to have our towns to levy taxes, the right to levy taxes. Uh, but they just won't do anything about it, Greg, and it's just been so frustrating, so we're not going to wait for them anymore. We're going to figure out how to uh, be the masters of our own destiny here in Pelzer and um, put the least amount of the cost burden on our, on our citizens for maximum results. So we've got some ARPA money, American Rescue Plan Act. Every town receives some. And it's significant. It's a lot of money. So what we're trying to do is to put it to use in a way that we're going to create added revenue for Pelzer. And part of the reason we are renovating the community building first is because once that is done, that will be a, a um, highly desirable, appealing uh, mid-sized venue. And uh, I want to do it right. I want it to be perfect. And one thing I'm excited about to have that community building reopened is that we have had the grand opening of a very special business right down the street here. It was the old uh, Pelzer Presbyterian Church built in 1883 and the structure itself is the only remaining original church in Pelzer. It was bought by this wonderful couple who has spent a lot of time, energy, and money on this structure and this building and has created a, uh, a wedding chapel venue and, and events as well. They have done that place up. You gotta go check it out. You gotta go interview them. Selena and Thomas, great people, community-minded. Uh, we've had a lot of good conversations and they had their grand opening, their ribbon cutting ceremony um, recently and we're so excited for them. Um, Levy Street, wedding chapel, and events. So check them out. That's a big deal for Pelzer. And uh, the thing that Selena was telling me is, you know, one of her challenges is that there isn't a, a large venue or building that's attached to that church for a nice, sizable wedding reception. And I said, well, hey, I may have your answer. Um, I hope that once we have finished the renovation of the community building, that will be the place where they can have their wedding reception so you can have a lovely wedding here in Pelzer in a historic Victorian chapel and then enjoy a nice wedding reception within walking distance in a newly renovated historic structure. Hopefully we'll, we'll be uh, renaming it something like Pelzer Hall. I think that would be nice. You mentioned quality of life issues. I know, you know, Pelzer had the first uh, Blue Trail ADA kayak launch. Yes. And you were talking about trails. That, talk about how trails is a part of the plans for the future. Oh, boy. I think about trails every day. We all know, everybody knows, everybody knows the benefit of a trail system to a community. Oh, man, everybody I talk to, they're just dying to have a trail. Every municipality in this county. And the county then wants to link all the town trails together. Very smart. All you have to say is Swamp Rabbit Trail. I've said that a thousand times. Everybody references the rebirth that they have discovered along that trail and in Traveler's Rest. 
And that trail, of course, is coming down south. And who knows, maybe one day we can hook up with our trails in Anderson County with the Doodle Trail in, in uh, Pickens County and the Swamp Rabbit in Greenville County. But in the meantime, we want to figure out what we're going to do in Pelzer. Now, let me tell you something. Pelzer is such a unique place in that we have so much green space. So much. And we're about to get more. We also have a river. We are directly on the Saluda River, which is one of the state's uh, major rivers. And like our friends to the north, Piedmont, we were formed right on the banks of the Saluda. We've got about three miles of riverfront property that I'm doing all I can to secure for the town, either through uh, gift, purchase, permanent easement, whatever we've got to do. We've got to get that done. And we've got to get it done sooner rather than later. It's so important. But I have mapped out uh, ideas for where this trail system would go. I don't want it to be just a perimeter trail or just a trail from here to there. A, a system of trails that interlocks all the communities in Pelzer. In every way we can find, that's my vision. I don't want to just have, you know, something you expect, but something you don't expect. I want to visit all these trails that are established and find out what works for them and steal those good ideas and try to make ours even better. So if you look at Pelzer, we are kind of vertically aligned, okay? You have Levy Street and Highway 8 kind of separating things. You've got the lower mill village, the upper mill village, and then the middle section, right? And oftentimes those three sections don't really connect as they could. I think a trail system would encourage people to get outside, to meet their neighbors, and also be able to go from point A to point B without getting in a car. You can walk there, you can run, you can get on a bicycle. Uh, so instead of just having a perimeter, I want to see everything kind of weaving in between so that um, we are a greater we have greater connectivity, as they say. We want to be connected. Speaking of those, the mill site, any updates on the progress there and the stuff they're doing down there? There are no updates on the mill sites. Everything that was uh, planned and announced has uh, been put on hold, from what I understand. I don't know what is uh, going to happen. I've been uh, reaching out to the leadership of the Pelzer Heritage Commission and I want to work with them and, and try to figure out what we can do to help make some amazing things happen. But um, Pelzer Heritage Commission is also going to help us out. They're giving us a, uh, a piece of that riverfront property uh, that was the old dump site for the, the town where they put all their trash. You know, back in the day, the river is where you sent your trash and your waste. And just like uh, the Rudy River in downtown Greenville, you would try to hide it. You couldn't because you could smell it. You could smell it. They built a bridge over it. Uh, not the pedestrian bridge, but a daggum highway bridge. So uh, 
The Pelzer Heritage Commission has succeeded in, in securing some huge EPA grants, and that area has been cleaned up, capped, and um, leveled off, and can be an, another park for Pelzer. But there's also a section where the, the trail can go there as well. So we're hoping to work more with them in securing these areas that can become part of the green space, the trail system for Pelzer. Um, everybody wants more parks and trails and that's what we're, we're, we're gonna do too because we, uh, it's available. And you know what? They ain't making any more land. So it's important to us that we make the right decisions of what to do with our land here. And speaking of that, you said the first quarter you are going to be talking about planning and long-term planning. Is that yes, sir. a big part of the first part of the year? Oh, yeah. We have finally established our own planning commission for the first time. And uh, next becomes a um, board of zoning appeals, a group that decides about zoning. So it's come at the exact right time because we have seen a lot of interest in property here for residential construction. And uh, we're very excited about that. We encourage that. But what we don't want to have happen is to have these folks come in uh, who've got dollar signs in their eyes and they want to make the most money any way they possibly can. We want to make sure we're protecting uh, the town and having some smart growth. Um, we don't want people coming in here and buying a lot and chopping it up five different ways and shoving tiny things on it just to make more money because um, you can make money doing that, obviously, because these old mill towns, um, you can get those textile tax credits. So it's an incentive for builders to come in and want to buy up lots and build new houses. But um, we just want to make sure that we have some good ideas for the future. Because like I said, you only get one chance. So whatever you have planned, you're gonna have to keep for a long time. That's it, that's all you got. So if we wanna see a full renaissance and rebirth of this town, we're gonna have to dream big and think smart and not just jump at the first thing that comes along. We gotta think about it and get some good advice and have these plans in place. Part of my vision for uh, this fiscal year from the beginning was to have some master plans for our current parks. Now we've got wonderful things happening from the county. They are uh, paying for master plans for the Monkey Park and for that Timmerman boat uh, kayak launch that you mentioned earlier. So the county is footing the bill for those master plans, which we are so thankful for. And our good buddy, my fellow mayor, Blake Sanders, was hired to do that job for all these parks across the county. And he's, uh, that's his specialty, is to design parks and trails. And golly, what an advantage we have to have somebody like that right up the street in West Pelzer. So we're excited to work with him. But we're also going to need some master plans for all the other areas, such as the old ball fields, the historic ball fields, and um, the area down there by the lower boat ramp in the lower mill. Anywhere else that we see as green spaces, we need to have a plan for that so that when we do have uh, funding to, to add new things, we're not just throwing it out there willy-nilly. You know, it's gonna be part of 
the grand scheme of things. Like, hey, we need swings over here. Yes, we do. And this is part of the master plan. So we know how many, where it's going to go, what it's going to look like, how it's going to be connected to a sidewalk or a parking area, those, those sort of things. So that's something I really want to get accomplished this year is to make a grand plan for all of our recreational areas. And um, one thing I'd really like to do, you know, those old ball fields over there on Highway 20, a lot of history there. And it's so sad to see them unused. And uh, I really want to figure out how to bring life back to those ball fields. Everybody who's lived here their whole lives has told me all the wonderful memories they have of that place. And uh, most people don't know this, but Shoeless Joe Jackson, they were from Pickens County. They moved to Pelzer when he was about six years old. And he worked in the mill here, right down there in the river. For six years, child labor was a huge part of the mill culture back then, unfortunately. About 25% of the workforce was, were children. So he worked in the mill. He um, never learned to read or write because of that. And when he was about 12, they, the family moved over to Brandon Mill. And he started playing baseball for the mill there and gained some, some fame. But Joe Jackson had to have picked up a bat and a ball for the first time here in Pelzer, probably on that field. So that's, that's why it's important for us to preserve these areas where all these, the history, the athletic history of the town um, took place. We can't forget these things. We have to honor what has come before us. That is so important to me. And um, so the only place that's really used over there on the ball fields currently is the outdoor basketball court over there. Uh, when it's warm, guys are out there all the time, all the time. So we know that's a success, and we've got some money given to us to put to use. And, I, man, I would love to redo that outdoor basketball court and make it top-notch. You know, our friends over in Williamston just redid their uh, old tennis courts and made, uh, built some gorgeous pickleball courts and also redid their outdoor basketball courts. So, um, you know, we can't let Williamson have all the fun. <laughs> we got to do some cool stuff here in Pelzer because uh, we want them to enjoy our stuff too. Um, you know, Pelzer for so long has not been number one. You know, we've always kind of been left behind or forgotten, um, kind of an underdog. And I, that's exactly where I want to be. I always love cheering for the underdog, and I want Pelzer to be number one in a lot of things across the board, big and small. Um, I want to have that mentality again. I want us to be proud of what we do here and who we are, and, uh, and to be the best across the board. You know, people told me, you know, Pelzer had the best of everything. What was the best? at everything. And that can't just be a thing of the past. Just because our, our industry in the cotton mill industry has left us, we can't just give up and say, 
That's just how it is. And it's always going to be that way. No, 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 no. No, sir. You know, our story is the same story that's told across the upstate. Um, and it's exciting to think about that, that our story has not ended. That it will continue. And it's so exciting to be a part of that and to say, okay, yeah, things are kind of slow. Uh, we keep talking that there's going to be some changes and some good things happening. And in the meantime, we'll do some small things that you can point to and say that's better. But I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a different place in about 10 years. And I, I hope that we will have that restored sense of pride and community. And that, like I said before, when people say Pelzer, they're not only going to talk about, oh, yeah, I see really good shows down there. But they're going to mention and list and know the things that we're going to have that are going to be the best out of anybody. I ran into uh, Mayor Knox White in Greenville. We were promoting a show, of course, Jingle Bell Rock, on your Carolina, great people. And um, I had a great conversation with him, you know, and he was genuinely interested in Pelzer and asking me questions and had noticed the things we had done and, and said, hey, you come down there, you can, you can drive me around. I said, yeah, it'd be my honor. I'd love to tell you our story and uh, what it has been and what's going to be, and I'd love to have your advice. So that's what's one great thing about um, serving in this position is that you do have a community of other mayors to rely on. Uh, I call up other mayors as, as frequently as I can to ask those questions because there's no manual on how to be a mayor of a town. Most of us, if we get elected, we don't have the first idea of the logistics of things and who to call for this and what's the rule on this and what am I supposed to do with this over here? So having that community of, of mayors is so important to us. And uh, I tell you, all the upstate mayors are just top notch. I mean, just great people friendly, helpful people who uh, believe in their towns and want to do what's best for them. And so, you know, when we work together like that, ultimately we are all going to be benefiting for, from, for success, uh, from the success of working together. So that's my message for 2023 for everybody in Pelzer and around Pelzer. We're going to have to work together to realize all of our dreams. Um, and I'm excited about that, that yes, Pelzer has amazing potential. But the best thing about Pelzer is not its potential, it's not its location on Highway 8 and 30 minutes from everywhere, Saluda River, Milltown Players, blah, blah, blah. Best thing about Pelzer is the people, okay? And we have seen some great things happen from our people this past year. And I want to mention, I have to mention, want to mention the uh, original Pelzer Light people, also affectionately self-identified uh, as the Golf Guard Gang. <laughs> they have taken this upstate treasure, this holiday treasure, and expanded it, expanded their mission. And they visit nursing homes. I mean, how awesome is that? They provided um, Christmas trees to children in hospitals. That's so wonderful. Uh, 
Ken Andrews has started a new outreach program down there at the lower mill where he has brought in all of these medical supplies and given them freely to the community. Uh, new buddy of mine, Tyler Love, has started a, a, a group this past year to improve the monkey park, a service project. So this giving spirit, this giving nature that comes from the residents uh, is just wonderful. And that's something we want to honor and applaud and recognize, but also capitalize on and do more of. You know, when you see somebody who steps up to the plate and says, I will do that. I will make someone else's life better. I will help my neighbor. It is inspiring. And uh, that is something that I have noticed and that is something that I want to do more of. So as we move into the new year, let's think about what we can do for our neighbors and how we can come together to make this place even more special. Well, that's it for today's Anderson Observer Podcast, News from People You Trust. Join me tomorrow as we wrap up the year in review from our other towns, Pendleton, Iva, Belton, and Honeypath. And until then, get up and do something to make Anderson County a better place.